This podcast contains adult themes and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Equatrol. My name's Adam Susty, and we have Cherish Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about something that Cherish and I could honestly write an encyclopedia about. Oh and God, that yeah. is dating horror stories. So <laughs> it's not really much of a surprise or a shock, I think, for anyone that's been following the podcast since we started a few weeks ago, or people that just know us in person. Um, that me and Cherish have had some pretty interesting experiences in the old world of dating. Interesting is a very kind word for it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I'm being quite generous with my use of words there because you could describe our experiences as fucking awful. Yes, very fucking awful, (laughs) but also they make for incredible stories, honestly. You know what? The comedic gold that we can squeeze out of our dating trauma. Yes, exactly. And that's what we're intending on doing today. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, a few things that we just think generally are no-goes for dates. And then we're going to share some of our dating horror stories. But fun fact, guys, this is actually our first two-part episode. Yeah. Well, actually, there's two-part episode. There's this episode, and then there's a episode that will follow it coming out soon. Which just continues because, as we said, encyclopedia of crap. <laughs> also, we have a special segment on this show where we're actually going to play a clip, a video or audio clip from a friend of mine who has a really funny bad date story as well. So that's another idea. If you have your own dating horror stories, you can always send in an email or even a voice clip, voice note, um, describing it. A voice note. So yeah, yeah. Please submit them. We'll have more information at the end of the episode about how you can do that, just so you guys can reach us easily, because we're always interested to hear like more stories, more, more icks, and just any sort of thoughts and feelings you might have as well. We're really open to have a dialogue. We're really excited about that. Hmm. So without further ado, Cherish, do you want to tell us at least one thing that you think is like an immediate date in faux pas that you've experienced before? I think a big one is when the guy expects you to pay or expects to split the bill. And the reason I say that is I have no problem like splitting the bill, but the guy should at least offer. And that's because I spent or usually the woman spends a lot of time and money getting ready to look nice and let alone not only that but they also make less money like in general in the world and in life and i feel like the guy paying for the date just like tries to settle that balance a little bit and i think it's pretty rude when guys are like why would you expect me to pay the bill Like, come on, it's the least you can do for me to come all the way out here for you. Yeah, so, like, I've 
kind of gone back and forth with how I feel about this for a long time. About like, because obviously, even though I don't identify as a man, I'm socialized by some people as a man, some people by a, as a woman. But um, you know, in gay dating, it's not obviously as clear cut what the expectations are. But I don't tend to ask people out on dates. I tend to get asked out on dates. I know that sounds like really big headed. But I just, I prefer to be chased than to do the chasing. That's just how I see things. If I really like somebody, sure, I'd ask them out on a date. But I don't tend to do that. And in my head, if I asked you out, say, Terrence, I asked you out on a date, say, I'd like to take you out for some dinner or whatever, that is by the nature of that interaction, I am offering to pay Mm -hmm. because I'm saying I want to take you out for a date. If you mutually agree... Um, to go on a date maybe you've been I don't know seeing each other for a while or it's just a mutually decided thing I get that it can be a bit more ambiguous but when a guy asks you out on a date and then insists on either splitting the bill or you paying that has happened to me before mm-hmm. I just think what the fuck are you doing I'm always prepared to pay my half of a bill I never go on a date without the ability to pay my way on that date. I think that's just common sense. But I didn't budget in your um I don't know lobster thermidor of the bullshit you got. Yeah, exactly. Like I always I'm hearing it's Caesar salad. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. I always like offer to pay for my bill, but that's honestly kind of like a test for me because yeah I want to see like what their attitude is about it. Like on one hand there's I don't like when guys are like, the woman will never pay. Like, no, you know, because yeah, for some reason, those kind of guys are the misogynistic type. It's the nice guy trope. That's like, the woman never pays. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, I'm like, okay I'm splitting done. the bill every now and then. But for the first date, if you ask me out, you should pay. Exactly. That's like where my head is at with it as well. And it's also, it's nice. It's like you say, we put in a lot more effort than they do. I don't date men that put in the same amount of effort to go and get ready that I do. They're not wearing spanks. They haven't, you know, spent an hour and a half on the makeup. They haven't done the hair. They haven't worn expensive perfume. They're not in heels with their feet hurting, you know. They haven't gone through the physical journey to get to that table to eat dinner that I have. I deserve to have my damn salad paid for. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Pay the fucking bill. Yeah, it's literally the least they can do, Jeremy. The thing, though, as well, here's the tea in it. The ones that insist on either splitting or you paying, they always get the most expensive bullshit on the menu. Mm-hmm. It's like you go to an Italian restaurant and they're eating fucking steak medallions or whatever, <laughs> and I'm just sat there like, I can't even eat steak and you want me to pay for it. Yeah, really. Oh my god. I don't I don't know if I've ever had somebody make me foot oh I think I have. I just can't think of a specific time, but I have like paid for the whole thing before. I have too and I blocked them immediately after. Yeah, me too. That was a the first and the last date. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I would say another date in faux pas, and this will definitely touch into one of my main stories later. But um, men that completely dominate a conversation, I mean, I think this is like another really obvious one, but when they're basically having a one-sided conversation with themselves, 
and you're just sat there as the captive audience. I hate that so much. Me too. Oh my God. I've had so many dates like that. Like, and I've seen a lot of videos of other girls having dates like that too. And they're just like, okay, I haven't done this before, but I'm going to next time it happens. Sometimes the girls in these like TikToks I see, they're like, okay, do you have any questions for me? And the guy rarely, they rarely know what to ask. It's, I mean, we've talked about this before and like, I know people have talked about this on other podcasts before, but it's because men like women to be the mother and frankly, the whore on the bed, but they don't actually have any fucking interest in women as people or their personalities because men are heterosexual and homoamorous. And yeah. that fucking inability to ask questions is just evidence of that. I'm sorry, but any men listen to this, if there are any men listen to this, they're <laughs> gay, like real. But any straight men that stumble across this podcast on the way to Joe Rogan or whatever the fuck they listen to, <laughs> if you are the type of man that does talks about yourself and doesn't ask women any questions on a date you are attracted to men emotionally just admit it's true and also it just shows that they don't care to get to know you they don't care about you or who you are what you do they only want to hear themselves speak and make themselves look really cool and masculine and like they have money and like they're interested they're interesting when i could not give less of a shit about whatever bullshit they're talking about Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating i think another faux pas that like maybe it doesn't bother everybody but it really bothers me is when they're late oh that's huge yeah see this is never late One thing about me and Cherish, we have this same attitude to lateness. To be late is to be left. Mm-hmm. I don't, because, like, you're not from a military family either, are you? Like, I'm not. Oh. But I have that, like, army time sort of mentality of, like, early is on time, on time is late, late is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, like, there is nothing I hate more than lateness. And, like, Cherish knows this. I have some friends that, like, are chronically late to like anything you do with them and it frustrates me so much because if i'm like running five minutes late something i will text that person like i'm running five minutes late if it extends 10 minutes i keep giving updates Mm -hmm. and like even say like you're in that situation oh my phone's about to die i will still text them and say oh my phone's about to die but i am on my way i'll be x amount of time should my course continue the way it is Mm mm-hmm and if you're late on a date, I'm sorry, but honey, I am worth being early for. Yeah. Like, I get that shit happens. It ha- Shit happens to me too. But there's no excuse for, like, the lack of communication. Like, there's no uh, excuse. Okay. There's no reason why you can't say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late. I got stuck in traffic or whatever. Like, at least there's they're telling you they're going to be late, but it's still, like... I don't know. I just think that is one of the biggest things for me. Like, it's just a respect thing. It's like they don't respect your time enough to be on time. And I think lateness as well. It's like you said, shit happens. And if they said to me, I'm going to be 10 minutes late, that's fine. Because I'm not just sat there waiting then thinking, oh, when are they going to get here? I have an ETA. If they don't text you or like just give you some kind of communication you're just sat there thinking have i just been stood up yeah 
Exactly. Like, that's where my mind goes. Yeah, that's where mine goes too. And that's where I have a really good dating story about that as well. <laughs> and the thing is though, as well, when they're late, I can forgive like, oh, traffic or like my train was late. I don't know. Like, you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. When they're late and there's no excuse, they're just like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And they don't even like give you an excuse. I'm like, what were you doing for that 15 minutes? I was sat here looking like a dickhead. (laughs) Yes. Like, I was sitting here looking like a damn fool, like, while you were, like, doing God knows what, picking your wedgie or some shit. Like, five people walked past me and thought I was a loner. Mm Mm-hmm. And the waiter included. Oh, that's the worst, right? (laughs) No, I hate that. When they're like, oh... We kind of need the table. I've never been, I've never had someone be late so much. They're like, you know, like on TV. Yeah. When someone stood up and the person's still waiting there and like the restaurant's closing and the person still hasn't had their appetizer yet or whatever. I've never had like that level of lateness because I would have just left at that point. Yeah, me too. I just know that if that ever happens to me, I dread to think of what I would do to the person in that situation because I would hulk the fuck out. I mean, I've had waiters be like, are we still waiting? Are you ready to order? And I'm like, still oh. waiting. And you know, it's not their fault, but in my head, I'm like, shut the fuck up, Judith. I know. Like, don't come back unless there's somebody else with me, please. Like, do not talk to me. Don't look at me. This table is not your concern until <laughs> someone else is here. Yes. I mean, come by and give me one drink and then never come by again. <laughs> Get me my wine, bitch. Then fuck off. <laughs> It's funny though because I go to the same cocktail lounge for like a lot of my first dates and so I feel like they know me and they like see me with new guys all the time and so they're like oh here she is again like being stood up again. Like oh there's blood in the old girl yet. Yeah exactly. Trying to down this still sitting on that shelf. (laughs) Bless her she's putting herself out there. Yeah so Without further ado, we've touched on a lot of this already, but do you want to share one of your dating horror stories with us? Because I'm sure Sure. people are dying to know. Well, since we're talking about people being late, maybe I'll just start with that story. Sure. So I was supposed to go on a date with this guy I met on Hinge, and we were going to go to this bar downtown in Boise. And so I got all dressed up. I was wearing like a little black dress, curled my hair. (laughs) Did my makeup, like, we talked earlier in the day saying the date was still on. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. So I go, and I actually texted him before I left the house when I was getting ready, thinking I'm going to need an extra five minutes. And he didn't respond. And I was like, well, it's probably fine, because we confirmed it earlier in the day. If you hear my cats fighting, it's because they're fighting right below me. Um. Anyway, if you hear my cat fighting, it's because the fighting. I, exactly. I that. Um. So anyway, I'm on my way to the bar. Still no word from him. I park my car and like it's a hassle to park downtown. Like I parked in the parking garage and walked up to the bar. And this bar that I that we were meeting in is like really small. It's like a fancy cocktail bar, and so. there's only like two tables inside and the rest is bar seats and then there's outside seating so I walked in and everyone turns and looks at me like because anytime someone walks into this tiny room people are gonna look 
and I notice I look around and notice that he's not there and I was like okay well luckily like it wasn't me like him being mad because I was late which I'm usually mad that people are late like we just talked about and so I was like okay I'll just wait for him in the outside seating area so I got a drink and then went outside and sat down I kid you not I was sitting there for 45 minutes nah now that's way too long for me normally I usually would not wait that long but I had already gotten a drink and I was like why not just sit here and chill and like finish my drink? And I actually started yeah. uh, talking to two other people that were sitting there alone as well. It was like a woman and then a guy my age that, and we just were like chatting and it was kind of nice. And uh, this guy, I told I the one I was chatting with, I told him like, yeah, I was stood up. The guy I was supposed to meet was supposed to be here 45 minutes ago. So like, here I am just hanging out, having a drink by myself after I got all dressed up. And he was like super nice about it. He was like, oh my God, that's so rude. Like, how could someone stand someone up like you? And just, he was being super nice. And he was really cute as well. He kind of looked like a young Justin Bieber. (laughs) Oh, but he had lots of tattoos. Like, okay, he, okay. That was a bad description. So old Justin Bieber then. <laughs> yes, old Justin Bieber. <laughs> I will but never, never. Not with the like scraggly blonde hair. <laughs> like he was cute actually. Okay. And, um, I'll I'll pretend to be on board. <laughs> and so he was like, Well, if you're if you don't mind, like I would like be happy to continue your date with you. And I was like, Oh, yeah, sure. Like, you seem really you know cool what? and nice. Shooting a shot. Yeah. And so there we were, just, like, having our date now. And then I get a phone call. <laughs> and it's from the guy I was originally supposed to be on a date with. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, no, fuck you. And I just didn't answer. And then I got a text from him saying, I'm here. And I was like, oh, no. And I look around, and he's he's calling me again and I see him standing like 10 yards away from me outside the bar like on his phone and looking around and the thing is he looked right at me and then looked away and I was like does he not recognize me from my pictures like that's one of my biggest fears is not being recognized yeah Um, me too and I was like okay whatever well if he doesn't see me he doesn't see me and eventually I just (laughs) part of my toxic toxicity like came out and i texted him like i'm literally right in front of you (laughs) (laughs) and he puts the phone down and walks over to me while i'm sitting there with this other guy and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm late like by this point it's been an hour and he was like i was at my parents house and i got stuck in a conversation with them oh fuck off what kind of excuse is that you're 28 you're at your parents' house and you got like stuck in a conversation. You could look at the clock while you're talking to them and say, oh, sorry, I have a date. I have to go. And then you can leave. Yeah, like what in the fuck? I feel like that is such a strange excuse. Like, I don't know if he was lying or what. Like <laughs> That's so stupid. It has to be true, though. Like, I know. How else? Where else is that going to come from? That's what I was thinking. Like, I feel like it probably was true but it's such a bad excuse because anyone can just 
look at their phone, like glance at a clock, look at their phone, see, oh, I need to be going on Are a you date now. Mind you, idiot. Or like text me and say, hey, I'm stuck at my parents. Like we're having a really serious conversation or something. Like like we were saying, he could have texted me. Yeah. So I literally was pissed off. Like, and he could tell, and I made it known. I was like, so you left me. So he was just sitting there listening to this. <laughs> I was sitting across from both of them and I was just going off on the guy who was late. I was like, you left me here for an hour. The only reason I'm still here is because of this guy. I'm talking to him now. And like you, you have no excuse. Your excuse doesn't make any sense to me. Like there's no reason you should have left me like that. You stood me up is what I said. I was just going off. He was like, no, I I know. I'm really... No, he he wasn't even that apologetic. He was like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I literally looked at him. <laughs> I'm such a cunt. I looked at him and I was like, are you high? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, what were you smoking today? Yeah, but he actually kind of looked high. I was like, were you just like getting high and that's why you missed it? Like, is that why you're late? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, because you look high to me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so I'm not really interested in going on a date with you anymore. I'm going on a date with this guy now so you can go. And I just literally said that to him and he was like, okay. And he left <laughs> and he sat in his car for a little while. Like I could see him sitting in his car and I was wondering if he was crying, but he probably wasn't. That's probably just me wanting him to cry. But <laughs> he just uh, he plays like someone like you by Adele on his car speakers. He just sits <laughs> there crying silently. And then I just continued my date with that really nice guy, and we had a really good time. And we actually went on. We were dating for like several weeks until he told me that he's actually trans. This is my friend now. Um, he said, actually, I am a trans woman and I'm going to be starting my transition. Okay, so we should be use- using she, her pronouns? Now we should, yes. Yeah, obviously for the story, like Cherish isn't purposely misgendering this person. No. Just so clear. It's obviously for the context of the story. So now she, ever since that happened, me and her have become friends. We went to Pride together last summer and I gave her all of my old clothes that I don't wear anymore. And she wears them. It's kind of funny. Um, oh, that's that's had a nice that has a nice ending. Yeah. Ending a partner. Yeah, it does have a that's nice really ending. Nice. Like, she literally like rescued me from being embarrassed and like feeling shitty about myself and like wasting my nice hair and makeup and dress that night. Yeah. So it ended up being really nice. I got a friend out of it. But yeah. yeah, that was nice. That's like <laughs> half a horror story, half not a horror story. Yeah, it. I'm really happy that it ended the way it did, and that I was able to yeah. like, because if he, I would have left if I didn't start speaking to the other person. So I would have never been able to tell off the guy, <laughs> and also like have this good friendship. Yeah, that's nice. See, wholesome start to the horror story recounting. <laughs> Yeah. But the guy that stood you up, fuck that guy. He was high. He was crying in his car. And his parents' conversation was boring bullshit. 
Yeah. He was talking to them about like Disney or Car something. Insurance. <laughs> Car insurance. Car <laughs> insurance. I don't know, Mom. I think I might change programs. <laughs> I swear okay. to God. It would have been so like if I would have let him take me on a date after he had stood me up for a whole hour. Oh, honey, doormat. No, I would have never been in doormat. Yeah, I bitched him out so hard. (laughs) You know what, though? Sometimes you have to bitch people out. And I wish. So this leads me into my first horror story. Mm -hmm. And this is a time I should have bitched someone out. And I didn't. Let's hear it. I ran. (laughs) So this was over summer between first and second year of uni. Cherish had gone back to Idaho to fight forest fires. And... I was just chilling at home doing fuck all, basically. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine from college was like, oh, I've met a guy who goes to the same uni as me. He's really nice. He's um, he lives in the same town as us, but we like went to like a different college or whatever. I don't know. Um, He's really nice, though. And he'd like to take you on a date because I showed him your pictures. So I was set up and I was like, "Okay, I'll go see what it's like. There was fuck all going on in love life at that time. I was just hoeing about. And I was like, an actual date would be nice. So we went to a restaurant in town, which actually used to be... um, Me and my family would go there quite a lot when me and Lana were kids. And so like, I know the waiters there, or at least then. I, I don't know them now. I've not been for a while. But I still knew like a lot of the staff there because it's a family restaurant. And so they came in, they saw me, they knew, like, so they recognized me and they're like, oh, you were your family. I was like, no, I'm actually meeting somebody. So I go to the table that this guy's booked and I'm sat facing the door. And also there's a clock above the door. This detail is important. <laughs> so he comes um, about 20 minutes later. He's 20 minutes late, but I was like, okay, that's not a massive egregious offense. But there was no text or anything like that. And I was like, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. But I'm sat there, I'm just rolling with it. So I say, hi, how you doing? All that sort of stuff. He launches into just telling me everything about his day, which, fair enough, that's fine. Um, Sharing his current, I guess. <laughs> and then he starts talking just at me about everything that he studied. And he studied something boring as shit. It was something like... I think it was IT or like accounting or something else that was just boring as all loving fuck. <laughs> and I don't care about that. And you know what? You know how some people think it's like really attractive or cute to see people like talk about something they're passionate about? Mm-hmm. That is adorable and cute when it's something that's at least vaguely interesting and you can actually have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I looked at the clock. So this clock was in my eye line. 45 minutes. This no. man is just talking. He has not even asked me how I am yet. Oh my God. And in this time, we've only had like a glass of wine each as well. Because every time the waiters would come, bear in mind, I know these people. He would just bat them away and be like, <laughs> we're not ready to order yet. Oh my god At this point I was hungry I had not spoken at all I was hungry I hadn't spoken I was just like What the fuck am I doing So after 45 minutes Yes I checked on the clock <laughs> He um 
you finally asked me, oh, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, oh, it's my turn to speak now. <laughs> so I launched into just a little bit about me, what I was studying. And then he goes, oh, politics. And I was like, yeah, I study politics. Men love to mansplain things that I, I mean, uh... well, men love to mansplain stuff that I know about a lot more than they do yeah. to me. And not only was he just mansplaining politics in general, he started mansplaining um, politics of um, colonialism, particularly in India, which has a massive impact on Hinduism, which is obviously the religion I follow. And he started mansplaining my religious beliefs to me. Oh, my God. And so he was te- explaining to me loads of stuff about all things that I know a lot about. And, I mean, back then, I'd only had one year of study, so I wasn't like an expert, but I still knew more about this shit than he did. Mm-hmm. Um so he just launched into mansling all this sort of stuff, saying some wild shit. Oh wild God. shit. Called Black Lives Matter a scam. Oh my God. Um, and at this point I'm like, right, what the fuck's my exit strategy? At this point, we'd had um our first course. And I was just like, I can't sit through this. I need to get out. Mm-hmm. At this point, he just launched into started off being narcissistic, then has moved into racism and narcissism. So I was literally thinking, like, what the fuck was my friend thinking? Like, with, like, are they actually thinking this is a joke? Aww. Or is this guy just completely different on dates than he is in any other social circumstances? Like, I don't see how that would be possible. Yeah. But that's the thing in my head. I was like, my friend has set this up. They obviously must see something in this guy that, you know, makes him worth my time or something like that. And so I was thinking, okay, right, let's just try and stick with it, try and stick with it. So comes to um, our main meal and he starts telling me, well, he starts discussing with me. So he's cottoned on to the fact that obviously I study politics, I've got interest in things like that. And so he starts asking me my opinions about various issues. And I'm... I'm not ever one to shy away from a political conversation like you know this. Mm-hmm. But I also don't really fancy explaining why I'm pro-choice on a first date with someone I don't really know. Yeah. And so he's asked me, like, what do you think about abortion? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I was purposely trying to keep my... I'm not going to lie. Um, And I was tr- kept trying to steer the conversation away. So it's like, oh, tell me like, about your hobbies. Like, you know, do you play any sports? Um... Like, what music do you like? No, just, like, normal stuff you talk about on a first date. Just getting to know somebody. Yeah. And he kept steering the conversation back, and he was like, yeah, well, um, I don't agree with abortion because blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not your business. You don't have a womb. But Yeah. And at this point, I already knew there was not a date number two. And not only was it not going to be a date number two, I was going to bitch my friend out. I was like... What kind of sick fucking bullshit joke were you trying to pull on me here? Yeah. But it got to the point. So I was fighting the urge all the way through. It was like, don't cause a scene, don't kick off, don't cause a scene, don't kick <laughs> off. Because I was 20 at this point. No, I wasn't. I was 19 at this point. So, you know, I was a lot less sure of myself than I am now as an old maid. <laughs> so I was just like, just be polite, just smile through it. Bitch, I could not be polite and smile through it. So I was like, oh, I need to go to the loom. <laughs> I get it. And in this restaurant, the kitchen is sort of like open 
and mm-hmm. it's next to the door to go take to the toilets. And so I just went to like the waiter who was stood behind. And I was like, I, luckily I had cash. If I didn't have cash in my purse, I wouldn't have like been able to do this. I knew that like I hadn't got an awfully, awfully expensive meal and I'd only drank one glass of wine and some water. So I just put down the money that I owed and I was like, is there a way that I can get out of here without like him knowing? Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, if you go through the toilet, there's a little staff only sign that takes you into the kitchen and you can get out the back that way. And like, again, I was so lucky first because I had cash and secondly, because they actually knew me. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they don't like know me amazingly well, but they'd seen me and my family go to this restaurant time and time again, like throughout me and my sister's childhood. Cause it's, we used to live right by where this place was. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, please dear God, dear Lord, let me escape. And everything fell into place that I'd be able to do that. Because this is before we had things like asking for Angela and stuff like that as well. You know, you can kind of, waiters and bar staff are kind of more aware mm-hmm. that this, I mean, and you know, he didn't do anything that made me feel like I was in danger. Yeah, I'll say that. I didn't feel unsafe. I just felt uncomfortable. And it was very, it was a very, the way that he was speaking to me was quite aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like to everything that I had to say, he wanted to one up me but also like not only one up me but just like basically telling me I was an idiot yeah it's like he heard that I was studying something that I don't know he respected as something that maybe someone like me shouldn't be studying and I experienced this studying politics as well from other people who were studying politics a lot of men thought that I shouldn't be studying politics because I wasn't serious enough or whatever um that's a whole other story but um I think I don't know maybe he just thought that like I wasn't serious enough for my degree scheme or that. I don't know. He just he just felt like in his own way, he wanted to knock me down a peg, I think. Yeah. And like maybe it was his way also of like kind of feeling out my um what I was willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. And I don't know if he was trying to just like be funny, like an edgelord or something like that. I don't I don't know what his motivation was. I don't know if he genuinely was just like that, or there was some sort of intent behind his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I don't care. I don't even remember this guy's name. So so you got out of there? Yeah, so they let me sneak through the staff-only door out the kitchen. And again, because it was summer, I didn't leave a coat or anything like that. There's no need to bring one. Everything just sort of fell like dominoes into place for me to actually escape this restaurant. And so I ran, and I didn't know like where I was, like out the back end of the restaurant, because I'd never been like obviously hadn't come in and out that way before. So I was like running and the way that I got out, I had to like circle back on myself and go past the main window. So I saw him there still sat at the table, like looking like around like <laughs> where I was. Luckily he didn't see me, but bitch, I ran. <laughs> Good. It oh was, it was honestly, it was survival of the fittest that day. I was not sitting around. <laughs> Good. Yeah. He sounds That's like a piece of- the only time I've done that as well. I I've fled dates multiple times. I've never I don't think I've ever like ran oh yes, I have. I ran away from a couple dates, but um yeah. I was like gonna I be like, sounds- you've run from a date before, let's be real. <laughs> At some point in your life you've done that. Yes. That guy sounds like a piece of work. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I wonder if he ever found anyone or if he died alone. Maybe he's an insult now. Yeah, maybe he's dead. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe even though this was like <laughs> six years ago, maybe now he's dead because <laughs> he didn't make it to the right page of 25. Yeah, exactly. He died alone. <laughs> well, if you have that much assholeness, like that's yeah. dead. There was definitely some toxicity in that man. So definitely. It's gonna be hard for him to find somebody if he stays like that. Yeah. And oh no, I just remembered something as well. The thing that was even worse about it is all the time he kept trying to leave footsie under the table. No. I don't even like that with someone I'm interested in. No, me neither. That is not first date uh activity. No, it's very presumptuous. Very. <laughs> So not only was he, like, making me mentally really uncomfortable, he was also grazing my leg the entire time with his foot. And he wore, like, running shoes. Ew! To the date. I was like, have I just got loads of sweat and dirt on my leg now? Ew, that's nasty. Oh, also, running shoes. Running shoes? Running shoes. (laughs) But a suit as well. What the fuck? a suit, jacket, a shirt, a tie, and suit pants with trainers. That is unacceptable. I was like, what kind of corporate banker bullshit is this? <laughs> he was using a briefcase. Ew. You know what? I know exactly what he's doing now. He is on LinkedIn talking about how when he goes on work trips, he boils instant ramen in the hotel kettle to save on expenses. That's the kind of bullshit he is doing now. Yeah. And you know, wherever you are, Mr. LinkedIn, pro-life, running shoes with a suit, bullshit man. <laughs> I hope you have the shits. I hope you have hemorrhoids. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm glad I ran out of that day. And I'm glad I'm glad I made you look like an idiot. And you know what? That was probably the f- step that pushed you over the edge to become a true incel. But mm. if it wasn't me, it was going to be some other girl. Maybe he learned something from that. Met- Cherish men don't learn. <laughs> True. What man do you know has ever learned anything? <laughs> I don't know a single one. Exactly. They're all Jon Snows. They know nothing. <laughs> um, I have another story about... So, I think a little while ago, or I might have mentioned this in a different episode, but usually if I'm going to have a date, like, uh, Netflix and chill or something. I usually like yeah. to have it at my house because it's like my turf and it just yeah, makes yeah, me yeah. feel more comfortable. Um, but for some reason, I didn't do that this time, which was a mistake. Um, so I met this guy on Tinder. He was really cute. All I wanted was like a hookup and mm-hmm. like he seemed really hot and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's go for it with this guy. And he... um he uh, offered to host and he said let's like get drunk and stuff and like watch horror movies and I was like okay and so his house was like in the next town over which is like 15 minute drive it wasn't horrible yeah and so I drive to his house and he opened the door and I just get this smell that hits me in the face like a brick wall and it's the smell of animal feces and urine just like okay i love that yeah just like a huge like boom right in my face this horrible smell and i looked around in the apartment before i stepped in this was like the basement of a house that was its own apartment that he was renting out uh right yeah and i looked around there was no furniture there was like a 
carpet cleaner and he said oh yeah i just moved in and the person who lived here before me was like an old lady that lived here for like 60 years and so like we're trying to get the smell out currently and i was like oh my god like and so he thought that was the time to invite somebody over yeah like he insisted on having it at his house like maybe he can't smell it anymore i don't know but maybe he's into it it's like one of those things that smell like burns my throat and my eyes well yeah it's like i mean we both have cats i don't have cats in my house right now but like my parents have cats whatever Animal urine, particularly, it has such a pungent, acrid smell. Mm-hmm. That, like, if you don't wash whatever it's on immediately, it's hanging around. It's yeah. just chilling. And it doesn't go away. Yeah. That, that carpet needs to be thrown out. Like, there's no way they're going to get the smell yeah, out of it. Yeah, condemn the whole building. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I should have turned around right at that moment. That was yeah. my first mistake. That's straight out of, like, serial killer shit. Mm-hmm. And so I come in and I brought like a case of uh, white claws for us to share. And as soon as I walk in, he was like, yeah, you should probably catch up because I'm already pretty tipsy. And I was like, okay, rude. Like, why did you start without me? And that's like not cute. Yeah. Also, he was on crutches. And I was like, why are you on crutches? Hold, hold up. <laughs> so this is a three sheets to the wind man living in a basement that smells like animal piss and shit on crutches. Yeah. What kind of American Horror Story bullshit was this? And I ignored all those red flags, of course. <laughs> so he was like, well, I actually just got surgery on my foot like two days ago. And I was like, oh, and you're drinking? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, aren't you aren't, aren't you on, like, painkillers? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's probably why you're, like, kind of shit-faced off of two shots that you took before I got here. And he was like, yeah, no, maybe. So he was doing shots by himself in a basement yeah. with animal piss on crutches on yes. pain med? Yes. With no furniture? Nope. And I still oh. ignored all of that. I just went in. Carry on. We went to his room. It's the only room with a TV. Because like I said, nowhere else has furniture yet. Because they're trying to clean that damn carpet. And luckily his room didn't smell. But... Oh, there's always a cloud. (laughs) But anyway, so we start like drinking and talking. Like watching movies and stuff. We end up sleeping together. Which I don't know why I did this. And then, I've got a story that I'll tell you after this. And same thing for me. So I'm not judging you. Just by the bag. And afterwards, like, I've had, like, six or seven white claws. Like, I'm definitely... Or no, not at this point. No, not yet. I've had, like, two. Because I haven't even been there for, for that long. Yeah. And But he's, like, three sheets to the wind. And he gets up to use the bathroom. And he's gone for a long time. And then I just hear this... <laughs> repeatedly like super loud sounds of him vomiting in the toilet and at that moment i should have just got my shit and left because i still could have drove i only had two white claws bitch even if you were like three sheets to the wind i'm like (laughs) you know what this is the one time drunk driving is okay get out of there (laughs) so i stupidly like wait for him to come back and the door opens and 
I'm like, and nobody's there, like the door to his bedroom. And I was like, what the fuck? And I look down, he's crawling from the bathroom to the bedroom on all fours. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, are you okay? Like I heard you vomiting. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Do you want to go get pizza? And I was like, we could just order pizza. And he's like, no, I want to get pizza from Walmart. That's like in the freezer aisle and then we can like add a bunch of stuff to it (laughs) and i'm like okay and i agreed to drive us to walmart so we're in the car he's shit-faced i'm just like the chauffeur for some reason i didn't go home and he insists that i put on money in the grave by drake and he like cranks it up in the car and just is like rapping along to it like getting half the words wrong like this trying to be i don't know what the fuck is wrong with him and then we got to the to walmart got our pizza went home and like made it made the pizza and ate it and stuff and it was fine and then i started drinking a lot more i should have just left but i started (laughs) i started drinking a lot more and like got pretty drunk And then we were watching more movies and stuff. And he was like, he just turned to me suddenly. And he was like, I guess I won't kick you out. And I was like. As if staying is such a good (laughs) fucking option. And I was like, okay. Well, honestly, I thought like if he invited me over to get drunk, I thought like he wasn't going to make me drive home. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were going to get drunk and I wasn't going to drive home drunk. And so I thought I was kind of kind of stuck there. And I was like, thank you. Cause he was like, I guess I won't kick you out. <laughs> and so we, and, and he was like, but in the morning, like I'm going to have to get up kind of early. Cause I have like work from home. And I was like, okay, on a Saturday, whatever. So we went to sleep the next morning, his alarm goes off at eight and he like jumps out of bed and he's like, okay, I have work. And I was like, okay. So I started putting my stuff on, like gathering my shit. And he was like, yeah, work starts. I have work. So like, you really need to go. And I was like, okay, shit. Like I'm literally tying my shoe. Yeah. I'm literally tying my shoe. Can you just give me a minute? Like, and then I left and that's the like first time that I've ever felt like I left with someone's boot print on my ass. Like, he literally was like, get the fuck out. He, he said everything besides that. So and... this, this man, mm-hmm. this Tinder bottom-of-the-barrel bullshit boy, not man, had the nerve to insist you went to his condemned dwelling that smells of cat piss with no furniture when he's in... when he's crippled... Mm-hmm. on pain meds, drunk out of his damn white ass, <laughs> insists on you driving after having drunk alcohol mm-hmm. to get bullshit as well, we call it as to him, Walmart pizzas. Mm-hmm. There's a detail missing that um, tells you, oh, I guess I won't kick you out, sir. As if staying here is such a good option. Yeah. And staying here is such a privilege to me. I am condemning myself to this. You are not giving me a favor here, honestly. And then the next morning, he's like, get the fuck out. I've got to work on a Saturday morning. Honey, you've not got anything important on a Saturday morning. No. Let's be real. If your aspiration in life is to 
mix pain meds and alcohol and eat make your own supermarket frozen aisle pizza you have not got anything that's that important that saturday morning evaluate rethink yeah and it wasn't like i was taking like i wasn't taking forever to pick up my shit like it wasn't like an hour had passed or something like i was gathering my stuff like at a decently fast pace he was like yeah i really have to work now yeah work is starting well, soon log on to work while you're leaving then yeah exactly i was like we'll start you know and he it totally felt like i got kicked out onto the sidewalk like <laughs> like a dog and i had so many opportunities to leave like before i had started drinking i don't know why i didn't leave i just like I felt like, okay, I had driven, I mean, it wasn't that far, like 15 minutes, like I'm already here. And I don't know, I just wasn't thinking. So this reminds me so much of a story. And I've told you this story before. And I imagine <laughs> you might even know what I'm going to go into. Uh-huh. But it has a very similar energy. So when me and Cherish used to live together, I would often find gentleman callers on the dreaded gay cesspool of Grinder. Mm-hmm. And in Lancaster, where we lived, surprise, surprise, I'd kind of worked my way through all the eligible bachelors quite quickly that were worth any time. And even then, most of them weren't that good. So this was another Netflix and chill situation. And this guy is from a town called Kendall, which is about 40 minutes drive away from Lancaster Uh in Lake District. Now, I've been to Kendall never before this. And he was like, oh, I'll come and pick you up. And I was thinking, okay, cool. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) And so he sends me a load of photos. And he was like, I was like, okay, he's not like 10 out of 10, but he doesn't look tragic either. And honestly, I just want like the McDonald's fries version of sex. I want something quick, easy, get it over and done with. I just want to fill a need. Mm -hmm. This This is a hookup. This isn't really a date. But, you know, still fits, I think. Yeah. Um, so he picks me up and he's a lot larger than he was in his photos, which is quite a common theme across dating apps, especially in Grinder. But I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not exactly a twig either. Um, and I'm not against sleeping with someone who is on the larger side of things. And sometimes it can be quite attractive on people. But I was like, okay, this isn't exactly what I was expecting. He picks me up and in the car um, on the way there, we're just talking and like, I'm almost certain I'm going to like miss out at least one detail of this, but I remember sending a voice note. I think it was, I sent it to you and I sent it to Lorna mm-hmm. recounting this story. So maybe we could even splice it in. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we're in the car and then like we go to his house and he's like, oh, you have to be really quiet. Um, my parents are in. Bear in mind, he's like in his 30s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you still live with your parents in your 30s. That's a bit weird. And then, Cherish, I walk in. It's full Britannia rules the waves. What? Army, memorabilia everywhere. Oh Bitch, medals, a framed photo, big photo of Princess Diana. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a British white nationalist's wet dream in that house. Oh my God. It's army mem- It's army shit everywhere. There's badges, there's the full works, there's like decorative rifles. Oh my God. All that shit. And I was just like, okay, I am going to get killed now. Mm-hmm. He has lured me here to murder me. 
But I was like, right, well, let's just get this over and done with then. So he's like, oh, here's the bedroom. And go in and I'm like, right, let's just get this over and done with quickly. And he's like all the time saying like, oh, you're so beautiful. I can't believe I'm with you right now. Like, I you know when guys say that? It's like, it's not cute. It's just creepy. Yeah, it is. It's like the one step away from saying how like, um, how like soft your skin looks. So, you know, like something very Hannibal Lectory. <laughs> I was getting that kind of energy. Honestly, mum was about to go <laughs> in my ear or something. <laughs> um, and so I pulled down his pants and thimble. No. Thimble, bitch. No. Honestly, enlarged clitoris. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my Lord. It's just the head. There's no shaft. <laughs> so I'm like, right, well, I don't really need to have to tie my hair for this, but let's <laughs> just... Get it over and done with, I guess. I've dealt mm-hmm. with... I've, I was... I kept telling myself, like, you've dealt with worse, you've dealt with worse. But obviously, I don't drive. And obviously, even if I did, I didn't have a car or anything. He picked me up. Yeah. And Kendall is a r- very rural town in the middle of a national park. Taxi services aren't exactly... There's, there's not Uber. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm beholden to when this guy wants to take me home. So I just go down and do my thing the entire time. I'm just like, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me. Um, And then um, we're in bed and we're just talking. And I'm just like, right, I just want to go to sleep. The bed, the bedroom was too hot, but I didn't want to take my clothes off. And he kept trying to touch me and like play with me. And I was like, no, no, no. At one point, he literally, I turned my back away from him, like fetus position. And he like reached around trying to touch me. I, was like, I just went, no. <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, you sure? I was like, No, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Totally is my thing to be touched. Two doesn't like being touched. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Oh, it's just, it's just not my thing. I don't really like being touched. Um, and he like said to me, like, Oh, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I've got a boyfriend now. This is amazing. He called me his boyfriend to cherish. No. First of all, I am a non binary partner. <laughs> Second of all, bitch were, bitch were, My in God. what world? And the thing is, do you, do you feel like I could get away with like saying what this guy's name was? Because it does add to the story. Yeah, I'll do it. Barnabas. <laughs> Motherfucker was called Barnabas. Adam! What kind of bullshit 1950s pedophile name is Barnabas? If you're called Barnabas and you're watching, get yourself on the sex offenders register. Oh my god. Barnabas. That's horrible. Barnaby, nice name. I know someone called Barnaby, nice guy. Barnabas. What? That's a serial killer name. Exactly. From Kendall. Barnabas from Kendall. <laughs> he was probably thinking of all the places he can stash my decaying body in the national park. Yeah. And uh, I was like, right, I need to have a piss. I need mostly I just wanted to get away from him. And he was like, oh, be careful. Um, the right-hand door is my parents' bedroom. They're in right now, and they don't know that I'm into guys. The left-hand door is the bathroom. No, it was the other round. I said, the right-hand is the bathroom, the left-hand is the bedroom. The right-hand is bathroom, left-hand's the bedroom. So I followed that instruction. So I opened the door on the right-hand side, and lo and behold, there is parents snoring their heads off. And I was just like... Ah! <laughs> thank honestly, thank Ganesh, thank Kali, thank Shiva, thank Krishna. They didn't wake up. Mm-hmm. But 
Mm. And then I go into the bathroom. It's tropical Caribbean themed. Of course. You know the on the SpongeBob movie when they have the pufferfish lamp? Yes. Oh, yeah. They had one of those. No! I was just like... Ew. Has it still got venom in it that I can, like, prick myself with just to make this <laughs> make this ordeal end? But I was just in the... Oh, like, they had, like, a toilet seat which had, like, enamel dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, not enamel. Like, you know when it's, like, a clear plastic toilet seat? It's got, like, bright blue dolphins in the seat. Yeah, like, uh, what is it called? Like, resin. Yes, resin. Yeah. They had that. And I was just thinking... This just adds to it. So the living room is Britannia rules the waves. (laughs) There's like stuffed pheasants and shit going on. And then the bathroom is early 2000s Caribbean dream cruise with dead Mrs. Puff. Oh my God. So I'm just like, right. Okay. So I'm in there. And honestly, I just needed a wee and it wasn't even like a very long wee, but I was just sat on the toilet for a good five minutes being like, what the fuck have I done with my life? How yeah. how did I get to this point? I know the feeling. So, I was like, right, this ain't it, Huns. This ain't ideal. So I I begrudgingly walked back to the bedroom and he sat bolt upright on the bed waiting for me. No. Like, the light is on. The light wasn't on when I left. He's got to turn the light on and sat on the end of the bed just like waiting for me. And I was like, oh, hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> and he was like... He's like, did you did you go to mother and father? He called them mother and father as well. Ew. I was like, accidentally, yeah, they didn't see me though. I just closed the door straight away. And he was like, okay. And like, he's like, I could have sworn it's like I twitched or something. Like, I was like, oh my god, this is where I literally get murdered now. This is this is the end. Huns. <laughs> please pick a good photo of me on the news announcement. Like, please don't pick one of me looking weird. Like, <laughs> I'll make sure they pick a good one. Thank you. So I was like, yeah, but like they were still asleep. I just, it was by accident. You said um, you got your doors mixed up. And he was like, no, I didn't. I was like, well, you did because I'm not an idiot. I know what left and right are. Mm-hmm. I've got a I, I was like, I, bitch, I've got a fucking freckle on my left hand that I use when I'm confused. <laughs> um, so I was like, right, okay, whatever. So He's like, oh, I've actually got to get up really early in the morning. So would you mind if I take you home at like six? Bear in mind, it's like 4.30 at this point. And I was like, that's absolutely fine, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You can even take me home sooner than that if it'd be easier. <laughs> and he was like, oh, in that case, well, uh, might we leave at five? And I was like, yes, please dig on the <laughs> Yes, because it's a 40 minute drive as well. Oh, my God. So I basically pack up my stuff. I hadn't really gotten dressed um, hadn't taken my makeup off or anything like that. I was I was literally ready to go. I just need to put some shoes on. So we did that, and then we get into his car. We leave, and on the way back, he's like, "Can I put some music on?" And I was like, "Whatever." Do you want to guess what he put on? Um, let me think. God save the queen. <laughs> In some ways, it was worse. <laughs> what did he put on? The Les Miserables film soundtrack. No! Oh my god! At five in the fucking morning. My god! Les Misérables. <laughs> Russell Crowe singing show tunes at five in the morning. <laughs> that is a nightmare. So this tiny dicked man 
who I'm pretty sure is still going to take me down a fucking drive-by and kill me, mm-hmm. is now psychologically torturing me with Russell Crowe before he does the act. So I'm like, right, this really ain't it, Huns. Then on the way back, yeah, so on the way back, um, there's a McDonald's on the outskirts of Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you drive in from like, the lakes, and I was like, pull over, get me a McDonald's. At this point, <laughs> I was over it. And I knew that if we refused, I could get out and walk at this point. I knew where I was. Yeah. And honestly, I was kind of hoping that you would say that so I could get out and walk um, and just get away from it as soon as I could. Um, and we go through the drive-thru and, like, I'm the, like, bitch. I'm getting everything. I'm like, give me some nuggets. And I don't know if I've got the timing correctly because I feel like he got fries or something. And this was obviously it would have been breakfast menu. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they only start breakfast menu at a certain time. I don't know. But it was a 24-hour McDonald's. Anyway, very minor detail, but whatever it was, I got, like, loads of food. I was, like, I was pigging out at this point because I was like, well, if I'm your girlfriend, you'll obviously buy me breakfast. <laughs> at this point, I'd already blocked him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd already blocked him before he even got out of the car. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Um, So I'm like, yeah, I'll have this, 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 and this. And then he gets himself, like, it was even, like, a hash brown, like, a small fries, like, whatever it was for the time of day. Um, I don't know when the crossover is. Comment below. Um, so he pays for it all. And like the bill's like 12, 13 quid. I went in, bitch. I was like, I got more food than I even wanted because I was just, <laughs> I was like, I deserve all of this. Yeah. So he, um, he drops me off near where we used to live. And I get out of the car. I don't even look back. And I realize like, oh, he's, le- he's left his like food in the bag. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to eat it. Yeah, good. And then he, like, shouted. I didn't I remember. I told Lorna this story recently, and I told my friend Sarah this story recently, and I forgot this detail, but it came back to me. He shouted from the car. It was something like, I hate to see you leave, but I love to watch you walk away. Like, you know, like, something stupid like that, and he thought he was being, like, fun. No. Like, sir, it's six in the morning. There are people getting up for the early morning shifts at work. They don't need to hear you of your weird profession of, like, my Whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's not funny. It's not cute. You've already been blocked on Grindr, the only app that you have access to me on. (laughs) I was like, I'm tempted to look you up on Facebook just to block you there as well. Oh, my God. So um, that was my ordeal. That sounds horrible. It's just like, it just kept getting worse. Like, it literally, yeah. it couldn't... When I just thought, right, okay, we're at the maximum suckage here. Mm-hmm. It keeps getting worse. And all that for a man who had a dick the size of a thimble. Oh, my God. That and honestly just, sounds scary. Say, <laughs> and I just want to say, as a disclaimer, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a smaller member. It's totally, it's, you know, size isn't everything. It's the motion in the ocean, what you do if it counts, um, all those cliches. The problem with this was, is this guy didn't really warn me of that, which I kind of would appreciate it just being like, yeah, just, this, I've not got the most equipment. Because like, it's, I feel like it's kind of expected that guys would warn you if they have like a particularly large one. Mm-hmm. But if they've got a particularly small one as well, I also feel like it's, you know, a courtesy just because at least then i'm prepared for it yeah but also he was trying to kiss me he had bad breath no um he had the vibe of someone who just like eats a kind of sweet corn out of the fridge and like that's it <laughs> um 
But I was so put off by the fact that, like, everything that he'd sort of told me in the lead up to this was, like, complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, like, his photos were bullshit. They were either doctored or really old. Um, he didn't mention that his name was Barnabas. Um, he didn't, you know, give me all of this extra tea about yeah. his situation. He didn't tell me he lived with his parents. Um, so, obviously, walking into that whole situation was a complete mind fuck because he didn't even tell me on the way there. He said to me, oh, when we got there, by the way, I live with my parents. They're asleep. They don't know that I'm into guys or that I have bring people over sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, as a queer person, as a religious minority as well, walking into a house full of like British army colonial memorabilia is quite scary. Very, yeah. Because I just kind of thought, well, you know, I mean, at this time, my hair was black as well. So I didn't look um, as sort of like white European as I did when I was blonde. Obviously, you know, I'm still white. I still look white. But I wear a bindi. I had dark, thick, textured hair. Um, And I kind of just thought, if they just saw me at a glance and they assumed that I wasn't white British as well, on top of being a guy, I was thinking that could, like, get really dangerous really quickly. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I mean, I know I just joked about, like, this whole situation, but the thing that was the biggest faux pas about it was is that I just didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And my mind kept going through, oh, God, these people... And, you know, I could be completely wrong. They could have been... I mean, I didn't meet his parents... They might have just, he might live with them because he's just a bit weird mm-hmm. and the really loving parents who just accept that their son hasn't got it all going on the way that they'd like him to. I don't know. I don't know the full tea. They could have been completely lovely people just with a very patriotic sense of decor. But using context clues and knowing that Kendall's quite a conservative area as well, because where it is, um, it's quite affluent, rural. Um, my thought process was I'm in a quite potentially dangerous situation here. They don't know he's into guys as well. Ah. And like, you know, and there's like, there's decorative rifles on the wall. I mean, I don't know if they, I don't know if they were like pheasant hunting or some shit like that. They might have a gun. Yeah. Because like people do, I mean, it's not anywhere near like what it's like in the States, but particularly in the countryside, people do have like hunting rifles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have licenses to have them, but... It takes one snap decision or like one snap reaction to, you know, make it really dangerous. And I didn't really have a way of getting back to where I was, uh, where I need to be, because like I said, re- really rural, taxi services aren't great around those places. Mm-hmm. They don't, um, you know, I mean, Lancaster is not exactly the biggest place, but it's a student town. There's taxis all the time, you know, but Kendall, there's not really that infrastructure there. I mean, I've only been there like twice my entire life but in my head the entire time I was just thinking if I get caught here this could go south so quickly yeah that's so sketchy not to mention just all the stuff said about him being creepy just the whole environment was off Hmm. <clears throat> yeah that's really scary like I don't know what's wrong with me but I've put myself in that situation so many times where I'm like oh yeah where how do i get out of this situation if it turns sour and i'm just like oh "Oh, well what the house is a bungalow as well Mm. i feel like that adds to it for some reason which is a duplex in american 
terms. Yeah, one one story. Oh, okay, not a duplex, just a one story. <laughs> yeah, just like one floor. Okay. Um, like ground well, floor. On that note, it's been a little over an hour for part one. We might kind of end things here and then have you guys tune in for part two where we're going to be talking about more dating stories and we're going to have our audio clip from our friend that she sent in about a dating story also played in part two yeah guys so thank you for listening remember you can find us at the ick patrol on instagram and you can contact us at the ick patrol at gmail.com that's our email address you can share your dating horror stories share your icks um if you want to sympathize with me and cherish about our terrible decision making on the past two stories <laughs> um feel free mm-hmm. yeah let us know how you feel and yeah keep your eyes out for the next one bye guys thanks for listening bye